Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. Today, you know, there's a new term that's being used just really within the last several years that I had never heard in the past. You know, the worship experience. We want to provide a dynamic and powerful worship experience for people. Well, Jesus never really did that. And I think it's important for us to recognize that his focus wasn't on gathering crowds. It was on making disciples. And that's what he told us to do. Jesus did many things while he was here on earth, and we are called to live like him. His focus in the crowds that followed him was to make disciples, people who would in turn go and make more disciples. Do you see yourself bearing these kinds of fruits in your life? Are you spreading the gospel wherever you are? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 16 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. today as you know we continue in the book of Matthew we're in that section that's commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount it begins with the Beatitudes and in Matthew 4:23 it says and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people then his fame went throughout all Syria And they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Now, we're going to pause right there. I just want to focus on that one beatitude, and uh, that's going to be the focus. Here in Matthew chapter 5, as we see Jesus beginning his ministry, multitudes began to seek him out. His fame spread. Multitudes all of a sudden gathered together following him, not because of what he was teaching, but because of what he was doing. He was healing people. He was ministering to their physical needs, their quote-unquote felt needs. He was casting demons out of people. He was you know, healing people who were paralyzed, people who had epilepsy, all these different things. But I want you to notice both in this passage and then as we go forward, you'll see it in other places, that it wasn't the multitudes who gathered around him to be taught by him. It was the disciples he makes a distinction there. Multitudes were following him. He was famous. People were hearing about all that he was doing, and they all came, but only a few actually came to him to be taught, 
to get close to him, to listen, to learn. Jesus wasn't impressed by the crowds who gathered. And I shared with you last week the message that I really enjoyed from Francis Chan a couple of weeks ago. You know, the idea that as crowds began to gather, Jesus basically began to confront them and kind of ran them away. You know, we today, churches are focused on building crowds and everything is about building bigger crowds and bigger churches and reaching more people with the gospel. That's a great motivation. But there's a subtle thing that sometimes happens where we get focused on church growth and just filling seats with people. And the whole focus is on, you know, whatever will fill the seats, whatever will get people's attention, whatever will fill the house, gather crowds. And today, you know, there's a new term that's being used just really within the last several years that I had never heard in the past. You know, the worship experience, want to provide a dynamic and powerful worship experience for people. Well, Jesus never really did that. And I think it's important for us to recognize that his focus wasn't on gathering crowds, it was on making disciples. And that's what he told us to do. Jesus wasn't trying to build a reputation or a name for himself. It used to baffle me, you know, and Jesus would heal somebody. And then, you know, you read about it in the Bible that he heals this guy and he says to him, now don't tell anybody, go to the priest, make the offering, but don't tell anybody about this. It's like, why would you not want him to talk about it? Why would you not want him to tell people? We're not told specifically, I'm just guessing here that part of it had to do with this. Jesus wasn't trying to be famous. He was trying to gather together those, and he tells us in another place that the only people who actually came to him were the ones drawn by the Father. Those who were being drawn by the Father to come and be taught and come and be changed. Disciples. The disciples sat down, and what did he say to them? He begins this sermon by identifying the quality which God most values in a human being. Oh, how happy, blessed is the word that's used here in our translation. Blessed, oh how happy, are the poor in spirit. Poverty of spirit. It's the foundation upon which a Christ-like nature grows and matures and becomes fruitful. Do you think of Jesus Christ as being poor in spirit? Probably not, unless you take a minute and really spend some time considering what it means. Delve into the idea of poverty in spirit. And Jesus gives us the perfect example of it. And Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones in his commentary points out that a good way to understand this verse is to see that Jesus is saying to us, blessed, oh how happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs and theirs alone is the kingdom of heaven. He says, we won't find anybody, there won't be anybody in heaven who is not poor in spirit. There won't be anybody in the family of the Lord Jesus, in the family of God who is not poor in spirit. All children of God are poor in spirit. And we'll look at that again in just a minute. I think you'll see what I'm saying. But, you know, it's a problem for us because our culture values self-reliance, self-confidence, ambition, You know, we put those things up high and then we're taught if you want to be successful, well, then you need to focus on success. You need to appear successful. You need to be assertive. You need to, you know, be constantly reminding yourself and your self-talk needs to be about how capable you are, how awesome you are, whatever. You need to dress like a successful 
person if you want to be successful. You need to go out and lease yourself a BMW, a Lexus, a Mercedes. You need to appear successful to other people if you want to become successful. You need to educate yourself. You need to work hard, you know, work to be the very best at what you do and work harder than everybody else and push yourself harder than anybody else. But then as Christians, we're taught to value humility and poverty of spirit. So how do you reconcile those two things? The drive, the need in our world, you know, we have to earn a living, right? I mean, none of us wants to be unsuccessful, right? Anybody in here have that as a goal? The goal of my life, I just want to be the the most unsuccessful person in Miami. That's absurd. Of course not. It's natural, right? And it's actually commendable because you see the Bible actually commends working hard, being faithful, being diligent, making the most of the time that you have on earth. How do we reconcile these two things? The call to be humble and poor of spirit, the need to be successful, to provide food for our families and so forth. And if one must be poor in spirit to inherit the kingdom of God, how do you become poor in spirit? Does it require material poverty as well? Do you have to be poor in material things in order to be poor in spirit? No. No. The issue is our self-esteem. C.S. Lewis once said that humility doesn't mean that we think less of ourselves, but that we think of ourselves less. God isn't wanting us to think less of ourselves, to view ourselves as being less capable or less talented less than the people around us. That's not the point. The point is that we need to shift our focus away from ourselves and focus on him. It needs to be about him. If whatever he's done in my life, he had a reason for it, he had a purpose for it. And the purpose is not about making me more comfortable, helping me to get fat and happy. It's about the gift that he intended to give through me to the people in my circle, to my world. Does that make sense? A person can be the world's best in their field of expertise and yet also be poor in spirit. The same Bible that tells us that God values this poverty of spirit, as I said a minute ago, it tells us that he values diligence and hard work. And he actually tells us that if we're faithful and we're diligent and we apply ourselves and we work hard, that the result of that will be prosperity. But then he also tells us that if your focus is prosperity, that's a trap. He needs to be the focus. This first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details His birth and life, His ministry, and then His death. But it also tells you that He rose again. Jesus is victorious over death. And even more, He's alive today. Your Savior lives, and you can rejoice in that. As you listened to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting MainThingRadio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter, too. There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
Find links at mainthingradio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under about at mainthingradio.com to learn more. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in for Main Thing Radio.